Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Jones Podcast, where we show off our enthusiasm and, well, Jones for fantasy sports to help you win your league. Now let's Jones some fantasy. Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season-long and DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit includes rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off on any Premium Pass. Use the promo code FRA, F-R-A for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Welcome to the Fantasy Jones. I'm Carlos Marion, and I'm here with Frank Amarante. Frank, we got, uh, this is the heart and soul of the fantasy season right now. Where's your head at right now? Oh, we're in the thick of things. We're uh, getting some talented players back in the lineup, someone who we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, it's down the stretch, you know, you're looking to make some changes to make some trades, uh, upgrade your team. We could talk about a trade I've made in one of my home leagues that's helped out. This is the time right now, like try to buy low on a player. Maybe you're in desperation mode and you have to trade one of your big name players to address other holes on your roster. This is a key moment, key time of the year for trades. Yeah, because everyone knows like the value of their team too. Like you get a player in your first couple round picks are they your studs or they're guys that you can trade because someone that you drafted later is really like hyping up his value someone you took in the fifth sixth round right it's because those guys you you'll get less for trades you trade up the trade the big guys and like you said you made a big trade you traded your first round pick was it or second round pick oh that we're gonna get into that one too i i I was even thinking of another one but yeah that's another one we're gonna talk about of a trade that i made Right. You will all see real soon. Exactly. But we want to start this episode off with the Broncos offense and the return of Jerry Judy, their number one receiver. Frank, what's going to happen in that offense? Is Corlin Sutton still going to be that viable fantasy option or is he just going to get drained by Judy? Well, coming into this season, I love Jerry Judy, loved his separation skills. I thought he'd be this year's Deontay Johnson as a target hog who just always got open and Bridgewater would pepper him with targets. And then he got injured in week one, which really put a damper on his season. But if we look back at week one, it was the third quarter. He had already caught six of seven targets for 72 yards. Like Bridgewater was just feeding him. However, in Judy's absence, Corlin Sutton has played like an absolute monster. He's caught 38 of 58 targets for 539 yards and two touchdowns. And he leads the NFL with 948 air yards. So he's constantly targeted downfield. And he has that big size. He, he could win on those contested catches. He has more of he, he has more of the alpha prototype for an alpha receiver due to his size and ability to win downfield than Judy does. But Judy's a stud in his own right, able to get open at will. If we're looking at this, I mean, thinking about them just from a talent standpoint, the easy answer is that both players will be wide receiver twos in fantasy football. However, when we dive in a little deeper in the Broncos team context, it, it could concern you just a little bit because 
Denver plays at among the slowest paced in the NFL. They play at a really slow pace, which limits volume for plays. And because they have so many mouths to feed in this offense, they have a lot of weapons. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. He's been balling out in his own right. He's been one of the best fantasy tight ends. So if the Broncos are in games where they're controlling it, the clock, and they're, they're playing with the lead, it's going to cap the ceiling of each of these pass catchers. However, this week... They play Washington, who ranks 32nd in pass DVOA. They're one of the worst, if not the worst, pass defenses in the NFL. So this is a week where the Broncos' skill players have a nice ceiling and they're good options. The problem is, hey, this is Judy's first game returning from injury, so we have to bump him down just a little bit. So Jerry Judy coming in his first game off injury, we temper our expectations a bit. Think of him as more of a wide receiver three. Sudden as a nice solid wide receiver too because he has such a nice role he's always targeted downfield those are high upside targets and the good news for us in helping keep the each of these players afloat is that the broncos defense has not been good at all they rank i believe in the bottom five in both pass and rush dvoa Take a look at their last few games. So last week against the Browns on Thursday Night Football, Ernest Johnson ran all over them. He looked phenomenal. And, you know, they're playing Case Keenum, so we can't really put too much stock in the Browns' passing game efforts in that one. So they got, th- they got throttled on the ground. The week before, we look at that game against the Raiders. The Raiders put up 34 points. Derek Carr threw for 341 yards and two touchdowns. And he was making big plays downfield. Henry Ruggs, three catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. This defense, I don't know what's up. They're very similar to Washington in the sense that they have such a nice defense on paper, but it's really not not getting it done uh, in terms of their talent. Like their production is really not matched their talent. Even this defense had a bad game against Ben Roethlisberger. Gave him the best game of his season so far 253 yards two touchdowns chase claypool went off five catches 130 yards in the touchdown so because this defense is nowhere near what we thought they would be we could still feel okay about these pass catchers i think both judy and sudden could be wide receiver twos sudden was playing at a near wide receiver one level without judy i I don't think we can expect that going forward but they could definitely both be wide receiver twos and Noah Fant can remain like in the tight end eight range or so. So you got to be excited. And Teddy Bridgewater looks like a real nice streamer this week at quarterback. Yeah. That Washington defense is just easy to pick apart and it really has been a long season. I know for you watching that team and everything going around, it's just a complete mess. And that's, this is a, this is a matchup where, even if Judy is slow to start, he has the opportunity to take advantage. Just like like the, the guys that you've named, they're not like world beaters, but yet they are dominating the Washington team, right? So this is something to definitely look at. Exactly. I want to add one more thing I just thought of that seems like a pretty cool comparison. I mentioned Deontay Johnson. You look at him and Judy, they're very similar. They, they're like excellent route runners and they can just get open and feed, get fed targets. And Chase Claypool is very similar to Corlin Sutton, that really athletic big receiver that could win downfield. 
it could be a similar situation to the one in Pittsburgh. The only difference is Pittsburgh is more run as more pass heavy, but I, I see a lot of similarities in that situation. Yeah, that that's a good comparison. Now, Frank, with in terms of your fantasy team, what's going what's going to happen with Jerry Judy with you? Like, what are you planning on doing with him? All right, so this is interesting because in one of my high stakes home leagues, I have Jerry Judy coming off IR. I've had Cortland Sutton. Now, you might ask me, why would I draft Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton? Well, here's the thing. I loved Judy. I took him earlier. And then Cortland Sutton inexplicably was just falling in that draft. Like, I got him, like, at a ridiculous spot. It was, like, in the 12th round. I couldn't say no. So I picked him up there. Judy gets hurt. Sutton's balling out. So now I'm left thinking, like, what do I do? I I likely have to try to trade Cortland Sutton because he has more trade value right now given his strong production because it's always tough to start two receivers especially in a league where you're only starting two receivers and one flex it's tough to start two wideouts on the same team unless they're an extreme pass heavy team so I'll look to trade him there but to make matters worse and make it more difficult I love Javante Williams and I drafted him here too so I have three Broncos on this team how am I going to start all three in the same week so that makes things difficult for sure. But it bodes well that, you know, like I mentioned, their defense is really struggling. And if you look at my roster, it's really deep now. I had traded, I was, I was dealing with Allen Robinson and how much he was struggling. So I traded Travis Kelsey, Allen Robinson, and Elijah Mitchell to get Justin Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, and Chase Edmonds. So that's really helped fill out my roster. Now a wide receiver, you know, I got Jefferson, Sutton, T. Higgins, Judy, Kenny Galladay, running back Taylor, Edmonds, Javante Williams, Kenny Gainwell, Kyle Pitts at tight end. I even stole Burrow right now off waivers. Some team uh, stu- stupidly dropped him because he's been balling out. And I have Lamar Jackson. So I can really make a nice package to upgrade somewhere. It's just hard to see where because, you know, I love Chase Edmonds. I like Javante Williams. I like a lot of these players. So it's a tough situation where I just, maybe I just hang on to this nice depth and just have a strong lineup throughout the bye weeks, play matchups. I'll be fine if there's any injuries. I'm currently four and three. So it's a nice dilemma here. Do I, what do you think? Would you make a nice deluxe package of players maybe like a Lamar Jackson and a and a wide receiver for a quarterback needy team and get a real like alpha receiver or do I stand pat yeah that's a a dilemma I'm basically having as well I have the same quarterbacks as you in one league I just got Burrow off waivers too so this is something I'm actually looking at as well and this is something where I don't make the move unless I really like it because the depth, the depth in football can really sink or sink you. If you don't have something that like in those bye weeks, they're coming up. I think uh, we've been fortunate. There haven't been too many so far. Like they haven't started really yet. Now they're coming into it. A lot of them are later in the year. Uh, I think if you were to trade Jack Jackson, you would really need to, yeah, upgrade that Sutton Judy situation. Uh, maybe, maybe it's worth it. But you know, I don't know what you do honestly with Burrow and Jackson. I, like that's the the dilemma I have. Obviously, with the, the week off, with the bye week with Jackson, 
And now it just leaves that opportunity to make that trade. But it's it's dangerous, you know, because Burrow, again, like this is not – he was out all – most of last year. This is not somebody that, you know, is a complete surefire shot. This is more of like a risk. But it's a good risk to take when you have such like a, a commodity like Jackson. So I think I think uh, if you can get a, a, an alpha wide receiver – I think you're obviously winning here because you still have some depth with your running backs and your wide, like your wide receiver two slots going to be taken by some incredible guys. So your flex is just going to be based off of with what Gainwell, Williams, and Higgins, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like thinking about it because it's three Broncos, I'm going to have to really try to get rid of one. Maybe I can, go after someone like Aaron Jones and make a real nice package, but I don't have a lot of time because tomorrow night's the game we're recording on Wednesday and Aaron Jones, I don't want to, if I were to trade for him, I don't want to miss tomorrow's game where Adams is out. We've seen Aaron Jones just get peppered with targets and carries with Adams out. He's the focal point now and he's going to really erupt tomorrow, I think. So we'll see what I do, but it's always interesting to give you, our listeners, our perspective of our thought process and how we're managing our own rosters. Yeah, and, and to piggyback on that point with the, like the trades I was personally doing or trying to make in, in the pool that we're in, the high stakes, uh, our home league. And essentially, I, I almost had a, a trade done with two other guys. We had a, a three-way trade going. And basically, one person just kept pushing the goal pulls further and further every time we kind of brought like two people would the two guys would agree and then the third one was like nah but I don't like where I'm coming from but he was the one like he has Gasecki for example was he said he would like to trade him because he has George Kittle so he we threw him into the trade and then we started giving him he was getting Emmanuel Sanders and a whole bunch of players that I, it's honestly, there was so many different combinations that it'll take me forever to go in depth, but these are the situations I'm talking about where, yeah, maybe trade Jackson, maybe do it. But if stuff like that is going to happen and you just kept keep getting delayed and delayed and it's like, no, can you give me a little bit more or sprinkle this? Oh, the worst. Then, then it's not worth it. Then you, you take, you, you take your depth and you go into the playoffs and hope that you work the free agency and the waiver wires to to perfection right and and the guys that you have on your squad now it's like you have jonathan taylor Pitts. these are you know jackson and burrow that's a nice combination to have either week and if something were to happen to either of them god forbid now you have a nice safety net but obviously it's not the best idea to have two incredible quarterbacks in your team because you just end up benching one every week but uh hey you know, hey, having that quarterback, even if you're benching it, hey, he's not on one of your opponent's team. So exactly. that's an underrated aspect that, hey, if you have this stacked depth, it means that someone's out there starting, you know, a fringe streamer like a like a Derek Carr who's doing well. But, I mean, I'd rather have Burrow. But, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about another trade I met, I made this week that you mentioned earlier. And it's someone who I loved coming into the year. I took him in the first, no, I took him in the second round, early in the second round, because I was in love with the usage he was going to see. And he did see it early on. And that's Joe Mixon, the running back on the Bengals. Earlier in the year, he was getting so many touches, like 25 per game. 
He was getting used in the passing game too. But now the Bengals are being way more pass heavy in recent weeks because they're like coming into the year, they eased Joe Burrow back in off his torn ACL. They ran the ball more. They had a more balanced offense, but now they're pass heavy and Burrow looks phenomenal. And they have Jamar Chase, who's just a phenom. He's just a total superstar. T Higgins is coming around. CJ Uzoma has emerged. Uh, Tyler Boyd is still, even though he's not doing much, he's still a decent slot receiver. So they're going to be pass heavy and they're really pass heavy in the red zone too, which I saw um, a stat there. I believe it was pass rate over expectation in the red zone is at a really high rate. And the other thing is that they're kind of limiting Joe Mixon lately. Like look at the first week, 29 touches, four targets. Then he had 20 carries and two targets. But if we look at last week, he only had 12 carries with no targets because Samaje Pirine is coming in on third downs, and that's taking away Mixon's pass passing game role. If we, if you, you might say, well, well, Frank, the week before Mixon had six targets and and he was used in that role. Well, that was because Pirine had COVID; he didn't play, and they didn't trust the rookie Chris Evans as much to play in that full role that Pirine has. So it worried me about Mixon. I don't. I can't really look at him as an RB1 going forward. He's more of a rock-solid RB2 in a good offense who will see around, you know, 16 to 20 touches per game. But he hasn't been, like, that efficient. I love him as a running back, but I had to make this move. I traded him for C.D. Lamb. And C.D. Lamb, to me, is a safer pick with a higher ceiling because he's a stud-wide receiver He's the number one in Dallas. He's coming off his best game of the season where he caught nine balls for 149 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, the Cowboys are one of the best offenses in the NFL. They're really efficient. I know their running game is good and they're not passing at the at such a high rate. But I, don't, I think that'll affect guys like Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup more than it will C.D. Lamb. I think Lamb is really the best receiver on this team. I think he's a wide receiver one in the 10 to 12 range going forward. And now I combine Lamb with Stefan Diggs and with Chris Godwin to give me a real nice trio. I still have DeAndre Swift, who's emerged, who's been one of our biggest hits of the year because he's emerged as a running back one when you could get him as a running back two. So because that happened, I was able to trade Mixon for a while. And I have Javante Williams. I have Kenny Gainwell who could hold down the fort at RB2. So that's why I made a, a, a bold move like this. I really liked it on your end just for the fact that you have those receivers now. In, those, in the two wide receiver league, you really want those big boys as your one and two because then you don't have such a, a difficult decision on a week-to-week basis. I have, for example, Waddle, Devontae Smith, and T. Higgins. And on a week-to-week basis, now I'm deciding it's like a – carousel one you know one sits in this week and another one pops in next week and even at at this moment I don't know which ones I'm going to start and having CD lamb is just puts you in such like an ease of mind you can just take it easy focus on your flex and maybe you're one of your second running backs hit and you just have a stack lineup yeah exactly that's the thing and even at the flex like chris godwin's really hard to bench i know he has those floor weeks where he goes like six catches for 58 yards but 
in that pass-heavy offense, it's really hard to bench him, especially now Antonio Brown's out and he might be out for a little while. So really what I'm going to do going forward there is just play matchups with uh, Javante Williams and Kenny Gainwell and maybe uh, Dernis Johnson stays with a bit of a role for Cleveland because Kareem Hunt's still out for a few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see there. I, I really like that move. And I'm trying to get rid of, I have Joe Mixon on several teams. I'm trying to trade him just to, because, you know, I think his name value right now is higher than his act. Like, I think his perceived value is higher than his actual value going forward. I want to take advantage of that. Yeah. And especially with the Bengals looking so good offensively, looking like a team that you can count on, it makes teams, it makes other fantasy owners say, okay, I'm fine with taking Joe Mixon this year. When back in other years, it might be hard to trade Joe Mixon because there was a problem with the offensive line and all these issues. And uh, like you said, hitting on those third, fourth round running backs really got you to make this trade, right? To make you get a, a second round wide receiver. It's at such a, well, now it really is like a, like you said, bottom end wide receiver one, you can lock and load. And this is your wide receiver too. So it's, this is a solid trade, Frank. Well, thank when, you. When you made the trade, I actually went to G. I'm like, oh, wow. Frank must really not be in on Joe Mixon anymore. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, fuck, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh. <laughs> it's funny because the guy I did the trade with uh, to our listeners is a huge Cowboys fan. So he traded CeeDee Lamb. It just, that's how you got to play fantasy football. You can't play biased. He needed a running back. And my other thing with Joe Mixon, I would want to just add is that when he has those tough matchups, he doesn't really produce ever. Like he's a great, he's a good running back. I really like him. It's just that if he's not getting that same role in the passing game, it's tougher for him to overcome tough matchups because he, he doesn't really explode for yard uh, long gains. So he needs that passing game work. And, you know, he, he plays, has a great matchup against the Jets this week, but then he plays the Browns, he plays the Steelers. Like, he'll have some good matchups, but I just really think Lamb is the better fantasy option going forward. Yeah, especially the fact that he's been dinged up a bit and you never know if he, exactly they're, they're scaling back his workload. That's always like a, a, a terrible sign, like Gibson, for example, on, yeah. on the team. Like, I'm, I'm sitting around <laughs> watching this. I'm like, ah, I got to trade this guy. But then what am I going to trade him for? I yeah, might as well just wait for the buy and see if he heals himself up through that's like, a good, right? And and just take off in the second half. So at that point, I'd rather not sell low on, on a guy who, yeah, he's battling a shit injury, but he's still playing and the buy is coming up. So I have hope. Sorry to take yeah. that little thing to, well, but it's like the same level running back and see how the difference in value works where you can get a lamb and I'm scraping for, trying to get DJ Moore and having to overpay, right? Yeah, that's a that's a great comparison because they're really similar right now. It's just that Antonio Gibson has been really broadcasted, how, like how he's playing with this shin injury. Like everyone knows that. And they all see J.D. McKissick getting all this work in the passing game. And, you know, Mix, uh, Gibson, who I had huge hopes for coming into the year, he's been limited by this. He hasn't been very efficient either. And he's only getting like, Look at his touches last few games, 16, 13. So I like what you're doing in that waiting for the buy. That's a smart play because maybe he heals up and he looks more fresh. 
We've seen a lot of running backs really play well coming out of their bye. Look at Alvin Kamara last game. He tore it up. Uh, Elijah Mitchell played great. That's And the other thing is you can afford to sort of wait on Gibson because you have Elijah Mitchell. You were able to get him off waivers, and he looks like a rock-solid RB2 going forward, dominating the workload in a Shanahan offense. And you have Damian Harris, who's just back-to-back 100-yard games, gets another smash spot against the Chargers this week. So it's a nice uh, spot for you, and uh, it will be interesting. But I hope Gibson can show some more because I think he's a really – talented running back and I had high hopes for him and you have to stay put the only thing I might suggest is maybe if you could get a DJ more that would be great you'd, you'd probably have to give Gibson and and one of those receivers you mentioned Waddle or Devonta Smith I wouldn't trade T Higgins because I think the best is yet to come for him but we will see and hopefully Gibson gets going yeah hopefully but you know that's the thing with fantasy football. You don't want to like put your, you don't want to push it all in and put your chips all in right now. And uh, you can make those risky moves and, and make those, uh, I don't want to make a reactive move, right? Just because people are making trades around me. I don't want to just randomly say, Oh, I have to make a trade. I have to, when I'm just being steady, I have explosive players and I, I can work around them. Right. And that's a, I think that we talked about in the, in one of our first episodes where you want difference makers and you want guys that are just going to give you bare minimum the floor and every week, just so you can plop them in there and they keep you stable. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Those, those are the stabilizers. Like Chris Godwin is one of those types or Deontay Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Frank now onto real life NFL trade deadline. It is coming up. It's November 2nd. We've seen an increase in trade trades in the recent years do you think uh there's a trade that you see i would really love to see this trade and i actually tweeted it out i could really see it happening i'm going to tell you which one it's alan robinson being traded to the kansas city chiefs the chiefs are desperate right now they're three and four they just got blown out by the titans they've lost to the bills got blown out there they've lost to the chargers they do not look anywhere close to a Super Bowl contender right now. And Mahomes is really struggling. He's coming off one of the worst games of his career. I look back at his career game log. So this season, he's had three games out of seven with less than six yards per attempt in each of those games. In his career, he only did that seven times. And that's in 45 games. So three and seven this year. 7-45 7-45 and 45 prior to this year. Just to give you a sense of how their offense has hit a bit of a rough patch lately. And why is that? I think it's because it, it's finally caught up to them, the fact that they don't have a competent wide receiver too to just take the load off of Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Like Nicole Hardman, I know I, I had some hopes for him last year. This year, coming into the year, maybe he could emerge, but it hasn't happened. And Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, no, that's not cutting it. Allen Robinson, it's a perfect buy low. He, he wants out. Coming into the year, he wanted out of Chicago. He's really not producing a, at all. And that's because, not on him, it's not like he's declined. We've seen him get open when watching Bears games. I remember there was one recently, he was wide open and he, either Fields missed him or didn't see him. I can't remember which one. But 
he's really not producing at all because the Bears aren't passing much at all. And the Bears need to just get what they can for him because he'll be gone. He's not going to resign. Chicago's a dumpster fire with Matt Nagy, who's been disastrous this year in, in managing his skill players and calling an offense. And the fact that the Chiefs are so desperate, I can just see them swooping in and over and paying whatever they need to to really get Allen Robinson. Can you imagine just how perfect of a fit that is? He just is that possession receiver, could win at those contested catches, really help them underneath, take the load off of off of uh, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, and it will help Mahomes just get back to his usual production. I know we always think from a fantasy perspective and tend to lose sight of the real-life one, so people might be like, well, Mahomes before this game against Tennessee was doing great for fantasy, but I already told you why. Like, Look at his yards per attempt. Look at his interceptions. He's thrown a pick in six straight games. In three of those, he threw two picks. This is not the same Mahomes. It's not really – I don't think that he's regressed by any means. I think just he needs some help. They've neglected the supporting players on this team. So I think this would be the perfect splash move for a desperate team in the Chiefs. Yeah, how the fantasy community always downgrades Sammy Watkins and his – his uh, like, you know, he he what he did for that offense, like you're saying, it just – it helps to have a guy like that just comes in, settles it down, and is open on those. A, a lot of times we don't we worry about like the third down plays, the big plays that need to be made. You were saying the possession receiver. You know, get Allen Robinson. That's a great, great call. Like honestly, that would be something that right away you would notice it and it would give a spark to an otherwise dying offense that is probably terrified of what Josh Allen is doing. Because like one side, this poor guy is watching Josh Allen tear it up. And then on the other side, he sees his brother making TikTok videos on Sean Taylor's number. <laughs> so it's like a lot to take in. You know, it's a lot. Poor guy's battling out there. And, and he's having one of the worst seasons of his career. And it's shocking. But, you know, that wide receiver too, the, settling it down for him might be the, the solution that they're, that they're looking for. Exactly. And it, I'll just do a brief note on how that would impact fantasy. Obviously, if Allen Robinson went there, he'd take away targets from Hill and Kelsey, so they'd get slight downgrades, but it would be a big upgrade for Mahomes. I think it's just the, the they really need to ignite this offense with a big move, and that would be a nice splash for a desperate team. If they're not able to make such a blockbuster like that, you could go on the lower end of the spectrum in this type of receiver who's available. Go get Brandon Cooks. Free him from Houston. He wants out. He tweeted today after Houston traded Mark Ingram, who's a leader on that team, and he was snapping. He said, this is, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, this is stupid or this is ridiculous. So he clearly wants out. He's likely to be traded. He's another one to target, and he'd be a perfect fit for the Chiefs. Cooks, is, he just produces everywhere he goes. So that'd be a nice fit. If Cooks, you know, doesn't end up there i could see him going back to new orleans they need a receiver but then again houston just traded with new orleans wouldn't they have just put cooks in if they wanted to do that so maybe that's unlikely but i do think brandon cooks will be moved and that could be a guy you could trade for in fantasy right now while he's still on houston because it seems likely that he'll be gone 
by next week's deadline. Yeah, that seems like a – Brandon Cooks, like you said, is someone that is just underrated every year. He comes in and he produces. And it, every year, us as fantasy owners are terrified of taking that like older veteran receiver on a terrible team. How can he do well? And the next thing you know, he's putting up his usual numbers. And, uh, Frank, I'm going to throw in another name here. How nice would it be if uh, – Mr. Flash Gordon was traded before the deadline. Something wild, you know, getting uh, Melvin Gordon off to a team like, uh, let's say, Baltimore that's been trying to find a running back all year. And what if they say, you know what, we'll uh, trade into conference and make a splash like that. What do you think about that? That would make my day totally. And for some reason, I don't know why, For I think I know why it happened, but when you were saying that, I was I was saying Josh Gordon. I don't know why. And you know why I thought that? It's because someone tweeted at me when I made a little jab saying Flash Gordon. You know about that incident where he, yeah. there's a writer who tweeted, uh, get Gordon up Denver. And then Melvin Gordon replied saying, what are you saying? You're dumb or something. And then he's just like, oh, Flash. Oh, no. You're great. You're so amazing, Flash. Keep killing. Oh, just kissing his ass. Anyway. So someone replied on my tweet saying, yo, Josh Gordon's flash. So then that confused me here. But to your point, I would be ecstatic if that happened. I know Melvin Gordon's that solid vet. He gets the yards he needs to. He makes the right plays. He could catch out of the backfield. I'm not saying he's washed up or he's done. It's just that Denver, you know, they've lost four, what, four in a row, I believe now. They're three and four. This is a team that needs to let their young talent go off. And they traded up for Javante Williams, and he looks great. I know the numbers aren't fully there yet, but if you look at some of his highlight reel runs, like he's so good at breaking tackles. He's among the – in PFF metrics, he's he's leading the way at, at, at in breaking tackles. And he could catch out of the backfield. He just looks great. We Even that play against Cleveland, that screen, and he just took it. He has that burst. I think he's the type of running back that if you gave him 20 touches a game, he would look better as the game went along because he's so good at breaking tackles. He just needs to be fed. So if he's like the way they do it, isn't, isn't even like a conventional split. It's it's not like he goes for two, then Gordon comes for one, then it's Gordon for two and then Williams for three. It's like a full drive that he's off. So imagine that the whole drive, it could be seven minutes. You're just cold on the sidelines. Like, I don't really like the way they're deploying these runners. And I think if Gordon was traded, Williams would immediately be a top at least 16 running back. And he'd have sky high upside because this is a really talented player. And I I, I think it's, I hope it happens. If it did happen, you know, Baltimore is a good fit, but we've, we've seen them just target veteran after veteran. They got Latavius Murray. Okay. They got Le- Le'Veon Bell. They got Devonta Free- Devonta Freeman. It's just a scrap heap of veterans, so they could get him. Um, thinking of another team who could use him, uh, who else need? I think he would be best suited on a contending team, just as a one B to, but not in a direct split. Maybe like thirty five percent of the work on a contending team. Who could it be here? I'm thinking. Maybe someone like, you know, the, uh, well, the Packers don't need one. The Cowboys don't. The Rams don't. They traded for Michelle. Cardinals don't. 
the Bucks. I mean, not really. He could go to the Bills. That would be nice. But they like using Moss and Singletary. Uh, maybe the Bengals, but I don't really see that because he, he's he's not too much different than Mixon. Uh, Baltimore looks like the best fit for sure. Like, absolutely, it would have to be Baltimore if he does get traded. I hope it happens. We will see. Yes, we will. And it's only a couple days till that. So we'll see, you know, tomorrow night's games. It's going to be tougher to do a little showdown uh, DFS late because half of half of the Packers are off COVID and injuries and whatnot. So might be a good time to fire up Aaron Jones to the moon, to the moon. Yeah, he just plays way better without uh, Devontae Adams because he just gets even more of a role. I just retweeted something. I'm going to pull it up for you. Look at Aaron Jones's receiving stats in six games without Devontae Adams. This is from Dwayne McFarlane. He writes for PFF. He has great tweets. So 34 targets in six games. So that's over six targets. No, that's like five and a half targets per game which is like alvin Kamara levels in his prime 29 catches 337 yards and four touchdowns so for everyone saying like oh go get randall cobb oh this is a maybe mbs makes an impact oh maybe this is robert tunyon no it's just going to be the aaron jones show that's what i see tomorrow and sprinkle in some more aj Dillon than usual they'll go run heavy and like check it down I will say that Rodgers will likely target Cobb most out of the wide receivers, but I think Tunyon, I don't really see him be just all of a sudden getting all these targets. He's more of just a red zone threat. So I think this is a, a Cobb and Aaron Jones and Dylan mixed with a few deep shots, maybe to St. Brown or if MBS can play to him, or maybe we see the rookie Amari Rogers for the first time. We'll see. But if you're playing DFS showdown, I would put uh, Aaron Jones is my favorite captain aside from maybe uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll have to see about that. But Frank, always, always a pleasure. And great uh, show. Great show. Let's see if we can make some more trades right before the trade deadline. Let's see what's, uh, see what's going on with some of these guys and you know, cool and knocking them around a bit. All right, let's oh yeah. This. Let's do it. Thank you for tuning in to the fantasy Jones podcast. Keep up with The Fantasy Jones on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, thefantasyjones.com.